Told I by Breadwin a lot in Ireland. Welcome to the Category 3 Podcast. My name is James Shurgan. I am joined by my good friend, Meet McShaw. How are you doing, Meet? <laughs> Meet McShaw. <laughs> yeah. I love it. I love it. I am doing really well. Yeah. We're- that's uh, that's very accurate based on, the, based on the movie that we're about to talk about. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Meet, not a very traditional Irish name, but McShaw. McShaw. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, um, yeah. So we're, we are going to be talking about a recent movie, uh, The Banshees of... In a Sharon, um, the Martin McDonough film that came out just this year. Uh, so quickly, a quick synopsis on this. Two lifelong friends find themselves at an impasse when one abruptly ends their relationship with alarming consequences for both of them. Ooh. Ooh, that sounds very, very sinister, I guess. Yeah, it yeah. sounds a little sinister. It sounds a little sad, actually, to me. But you know, like I think the the most thing that I the most important thing that I take away from from this is why does one of them abruptly end their relationship? And like that's what got me really intrigued into wanting to watch the movie. Obviously, it's a Martin McDonough movie and you know, the cast Colin Farrell and Brendan Gleeson reunite along with the director after having done In Bruges together and that is definitely one of my favorite movies. Um, I don't. I don't know if you feel the same way about In Bruges. I really like In Bruges. Yeah, it might still be my favorite Martin McDonough film. I mean, I'm sure we'll talk about that uh, at some point in here. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. Fun meet meet McShaw fact. I actually went and 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 visited Bruges because I saw it in the movie, and I just really wanted to go and hang out in Bruges. Yeah. Did you have a similar experience to the characters in that film out there? Nobody, nobody called me a fatty, but you know, there weren't a lot of uh, Irish gangsters lurking around. Okay, so you didn't but, get mad at some inanimate object. <laughs> not did not get mad at an inanimate fucking object. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if somebody getting mad at inanimate fucking object though in in that movie happens in Bruges though. It happens in the movie in Bruges, but maybe not. In okay, Bruges. fair enough. It's been a while since I've seen that movie, <laughs> sorry, so sorry. you know I don't I don't remember it super well. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so this yeah. is Martin McDonough. I think this is his first film set in Ireland because he would go on to do Seven Psychopaths and Three mm-hmm. Billboards, both set in America, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, so now he's back to Ireland, and I mean, excitingly, it's back with kind of uh, that same core cast, meaning uh, of course Colin Farrell and Brendan Gleeson. Uh, in, in a very different movie from uh, from in Bruges. in Bruges. And this is one of those films where it's like, I read the description and stuff like that, and it's hard to describe exactly what this movie is. And I think part of that is because it's just so unique. We were talking before this about mm-hmm. just kind of different movie comparisons. You yeah. brought up a couple of good ones, uh, Whiplash and uh, the, the Social, social network. network, of characters sort of trying to sort out their priorities and relationships and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, those comparisons are apt, but they did not immediately come to my mind, partly because the character that's kind of struggling through those things here is Brendan Gleeson, who is like probably in his 60s and almost 70. So it's like, so it's just very, it plays just very differently to see a character 
much, much older than those kind of young men in uh, Whiplash and Social Network yeah. trying to navigate that too. So it, it Well, just, it also plays very differently because this movie, as opposed to both of the other movies, focus focuses on the person who's being cut off from the relationship, whereas the other movie focuses on the people cutting other people off from the relationship. Also true. So Miles Teller in Whiplash is cutting off his relationship with his girlfriend yeah. uh, in the movie, My- Miles Teller's character, and um, to, to achieve the greatness. And then we kind of... It's kind of very interesting how American movies tend to go on to... Uh, kind of, uh, I don't know. Kind of, kind of show these uh, significant acts uh, by the main characters on their relationships, but then kind of show them to go going on to achieve greatness. Um, I'm putting quotes around the word greatness here, but um, wh- whereas this movie actually goes on to show the detriment of a relationship um, uh, and and particularly what the other person feels, right? Like, I, I don't know if you feel that way, this way, but I feel like the main character of this movie is Colin Farrell more so than Brendan Gleeson, who's kind of cutting off the relationship. It's fairly even, but like the focus and the point of view and the perspective is more from Colin Farrell's point. Yeah, I would agree with that. I think that's a good point there, that we, yeah. Colin Farrell is largely kind of the vessel that we're seeing through the eyes of. So he is confused why this friendship has been cut yeah. off, as are we, uh, because yeah. it seems uh, just quite strange. And I, I do feel like throughout it, we probably spend a little bit more time with him than uh, Brendan Gleeson. Uh, yeah. So it is interesting. Yeah, that's true. It's like imagine a, a social network where you're seeing it through yeah. not just the Eisenberg's eyes, but someone else or... And same yeah. with uh, Whiplash, you're seeing it through uh, the girlfriend's eyes. So yeah, Social ne- Network, uh, Justin, Jesse Eisenberg. Well, I guess Erica Albright does break up with uh, Mark Zuckerberg's character, Mark Zuckerberg, in the movie, but it's it's very much a kind of response to the behavior of Mark Zuckerberg in the movie. So I mean, like it, it's almost like it was done on purpose even though it's not necessarily maybe 100% portrayed that way. Right. But right. but then it does not go on to focus on Erica Albright as much yeah. uh, as it does yeah. to show how cool and awesome and uh, capable Mark Zuckerberg is, right? And his exploits in, in the tech world. Right. It, it's a character study about the flawed character of, well, the fictional character and social network of uh, Mark yeah. Zuckerberg. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, so this movie has been tremendously successful, nominated for nine Oscars. We're recording this before the Oscar podcast, so, uh, Oscars uh, ceremony, I should say, Oscar podcast. <laughs> so we don't know. It, I'm sure it, there will it, be times of Oscar yeah. podcasts. A lot of, uh, you know, unsurprisingly, because I think the performances in this film are really strong, it has uh, four acting roles uh, nominated wow. here for Best uh, Actress in a Supporting Role, Carrie Condon, who had one of those faces like, why do I know her from? And it's like, yeah. turned out it was Better Call Saul. Um, yes. Colin Farrell, yes. uh, of course, and Brendan Gleeson and Barry uh, Kilgan for uh, Best Actor in a Supporting Role. And I mean, that's also oh, notable because like, you know, there's not a lot of roles in this. So that's just about every role uh, in this film yeah. uh, was nominated. So that's quite an accomplishment there. Except uh, for the donkey and the banshee. Yes. 
I mean, uh, and as uh, the ringer and has has long said, we need an Oscar for animals. And you know, I think those those animals would be absolutely some front runners there. Might get all five nominations this year. I don't know. I I was totally heartbroken when I found out the donkey was dead. I now I I feel bad because I don't remember uh, her name. I think it's a female donkey, right? That that Patrick just loves. Uh, yeah, yeah. I'll I'll find I'll work. Jenny. Jenny. Yeah, there, there you go. go. Jenny. Um and yes. can you scroll back to the nominees again so I just get yes, uh, read course, the last couple. Yes, of course, of course you'd like to. Um yeah, so uh then best music, best motion picture, oh, Carter best Berval director, did the the score, which he is did, yeah. awesome. Yeah. Uh best screenplay and best achievement in film editing. So, a whole slew of nominations. Uh, I don't think it's the front mm-hmm. runner necessarily for like best picture or anything like that, but it would not be surprising to me if uh, Colin Farrell or some of those acting performances did uh, win the Oscar there. So yeah, they'll be yeah. interesting to see. Uh, as a film, it grossed thirty million dollars, which is interesting. Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously we're talking about post pandemic because uh, that's actually less than In Bruges grossed back in two thousand eight, which mm-hmm. it, gro- it grossed thirty four million dollars. So. Um, and that film was not really seen as a box office success, so maybe that just speaks more to where movies are at this time. The yeah. fact that this film uh, could or did not get as many Oscar nods or nominations or anything like, or any no no yeah Oscar yeah, yeah. Nods, so right? it's like so like critically also it was not a very successful movie yet right right it, it, it grossed more for sure and I think it grossed almost forty million worldwide close but yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. according okay. to box office mojo so numbers might vary depending on where you look at and then three boards obviously probably his most successful film uh that got a lot of nominations and you know that's a film that kind of went through the ringer as far as like discourse and stuff like that goes but if i'm being honest uh i really like three billboards i had a great time watching it i think we watched that film together, together. too. i yeah. i really enjoyed it it was a lot of fun yeah um so we're somehow somehow in bruges is still my favorite uh, oh, okay. Yeah, you were about to ask that question. Yeah, I, yeah, I was gonna say, where are you as far as like your relationship with Martin McDonough's films? Obviously, the last one we haven't talked about is Seven Psychopaths, which for me is like a little bit lesser than the others. But yeah. uh, uh, like, how do you like his movies? Um, I think I think I would. There's there's a nostalgia element associated within Bruges, and like I said, I love the movie so much that I actually went to Bruges in Belgium and and had a had a fairly good time nothing nothing exceptional but like it was just, it's just a great town and it's a lot of fun uh-huh. um, um, so and and the thing is I have not rewatched three billboards ever since we saw it together yeah. did you enjoy so it? it's not I really enjoyed it yeah I really did enjoy it I would say that I would it on a rewatchable scale, I would put In Bruges, then Three Billboards, and then Banshees of Inisherin. Uh, in terms of just a really good movie, I think I would put, I would maybe put, I would have almost the reverse order. I would put Banshees at the top, then Three Billboards, and then In Bruges. Interesting. So you have a very different rating depending on that yeah Yeah, you know depending on the day i could rank those films uh very differently from one another i feel like i agree with you that uh banshees might be the film i'm least likely to watch uh but uh i don't know exactly why that is perhaps it's because it's a little bit less of a thriller Mm -hmm. and and a little bit more of a straight drama 
mm-hmm. in a way uh, where not a ton necessarily happens. But uh, yeah, it, I mean, it is a, uh, I, I think it's quite a successful film. I mean, how did you uh, like the film in general? And follow-up question, uh, you said that In Bruges made you go to Bruges. Does this film make you want to go to Ireland? Huh. I think there, like the, the location of the film is definitely a character. No doubt. But it's also a character set in uh, Irish Civil War 1923 time. And so, like, as much as it is the character, I don't, I don't know if, like, that Ireland is still available to explore as much, like, it felt like more so it is just a specific kind of setup in that specific region where, where, um, you know, Martin McDonough has set it up so that, so as to do the movie. Right. Okay. So I, I don't know if I'm answering this correctly. Like, yeah, I, I definitely don't want to go to the 1923 Irish civil war. Yeah. Uh, Ireland. Sadly, uh, you don't have that option or yeah. well, no, yeah. <laughs> yeah. If, even if I had that option, I, I think I'm yeah a little less interested in general. Yeah. I, I would love to visit Ireland. Yeah. Meet me, Sean, um, meet Marty McFly. Yeah. <laughs> uh, talking about, I just wanted to go quickly back to the, the 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 thing about like rewatchability, and I think I just wanted to comment. The movie's just too dull. <laughs> I don't know. That that's said a couple of times. You're 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 too dull, Patrick, or something like that. Yeah, the pace of the film is very interesting, but yeah, they do call yeah. uh, uh, Colin Farrell dull yeah. multiple times, which is kind of yeah. funny. Yeah. yeah, and it does. This movie does not have a very happy ending. I, I wouldn't say that the the three billboards does either, but somehow it feels like something's resolved. It's all racism. Whereas it is, <laughs> and and in Bruges definitely feels like more resolved than than the Banshees. Like, this is the least... I think the ending of this movie is maybe something that doesn't leave you most satisfied. Maybe, like, five years down the line, I'm a very different viewer who's yeah. like, no, I want to watch this kind of movies more frequently than I, I do uh, something that kind of ties things up neatly or closes things up. Probably. Yeah, it, it doesn't have the catharsis that you're going to get from yeah. other films. Um, yeah. Yeah, so it sounds like you weren't necessarily a huge fan on the initial watch of the ending, which is sort of like one of those endings that is going to, you know, you'll walk out the theater and you're, there's going to be some people that are just going to be like, what? Yeah, like, yeah, what I totally happened? I totally didn't expect them to end it, but I before going in, I did go in looking at the runtime. Yeah. So I'm like, oh man, th- is this going to end at this point? Like, I, I was keeping time while watching the movie and and that's what happened right so i was a little bit surprised i think i understand yeah but yeah i don't i don't know yeah 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 i mean and, and it is left very am- ambiguous and it is i think intentionally unsatisfying in that in that way mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. uh that that is definitely going to frustrate some people it's also a film that it's like i don't know what the right way to end it would have been even yeah. then so I, I i think it's the right way to end it i think it's uh it it shows like it shows like you've if you have a piece of glass or if you have a mirror you've broken it and you will never be able to mend it again right and that's sort of the state of the friendship 
of of Com and Patrick now. Right. And and that's how I I sort of viewed it. Like the comment that Patrick ma- makes at the end makes it seem like there's no going back anymore. You you know took it too far. Yeah, yeah. And I is, mean, yeah. make makes complete sense given where the characters yeah. are at uh, yeah. at that time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, also, um, kind of an, another victim of like the relationships and 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 stuff was another character played by Barry Keoghan, Dominic Kearney, and and he's he's playing a young kid who is getting abused by his father, is in love with. Uh, Padraig's sister, Siobhan, uh, played by Carrie Condon. Um, and, uh, you know, he just dies in the end, which is, yeah, which is kind of unfortunate. Yeah. And before he dies, he confesses his love to Carrie, uh, to Siobhan. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, I mean, if we're to talk about Barry Keegan as uh, Dominic uh, briefly in the role, he, like, compared to even Siobhan, it's like, he probably is only on screen for 10 or 15 minutes. And he, this huh. this guy, Barry Keegan, was nominated for an Oscar for the role. So it does yeah. show you that, like, that performance and kind of where that's left off with uh, Siobhan and him. Wow, was he Le- only there for 10, 15 minutes? That's it, a very short time. M- I mean, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe it's like 15 or 20. But, it, but like, I do feel like compared to time. the three leads, uh, the, mm-hmm. the, the like if we're to toss uh, Siobhan in there too, Oh yeah, uh, it's quite a bit less, in my opinion. You're absolutely right. Yeah. You're, pro- you're definitely right. And he's nominated for an Oscar. So, yeah, I mean, for, it's and like... Supporting it's, role. And it's, it's not like he's playing Hannibal or something like uh, Anthony Hopkins. So mm-hmm. it's like <laughs> his role is not necessarily... Um, super showy but you know yeah. he does a really good job with it so i, I think uh says something that you know we watched this film a few months ago and that's one of the scenes we're bringing up yeah uh okay yeah. so let's see uh all right what do we got to get into here and let me pop up my notes real fast uh <clears throat> yeah I, I think one thing that i really like about this film is just that it is very unique uh and the pacing of it it just it's it's just very hard to tell where it's going. Like mm-hmm. you can pause the film at any point, and you're like, I'm not. I really don't know where this is going. It's yeah. like, is he going to actually chop off his fingers? It's like I don't know how far is he willing to go on this. Turns out the answer is very very far. Yeah. Uh, so uh, so so it's just it keeps me off balance in kind of a nice way. Yeah. And in that sense, like for a film that is a lot of talking and not necessarily a lot happening, uh, it it keeps it. Just kind of interesting because it's two hours. That's a decent runtime, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, it just sort of keeps you off balance. How how did you feel about the pacing of the film? I did not. I did not expect. Yeah, I felt like the pacing was very unusual, um, and the movie goes in terms of like uh, talking about just really hyperbolic threats and 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 keeping them calm totally keeps those threats they're not empty as um padraig and and myself would like to believe and um gosh yeah i I don't know um um the the pacing just yeah i don't i i I can't even i don't even understand the pacing actually (laughs) yeah yeah so like i haven't 
I don't know what the pacing is in this movie. Yeah, right? it's, it's, it's very, very unique. It, yeah. it doesn't have like your kind of standard three-act yeah. structure where yeah. it's like this and this and this. Yeah. Or maybe it does, but it's a very twisted form of it. Right. Um, yeah, I mean, uh, so, I mean, I, I, I think I would say that the central theme of this film is about kind of the friendship between the two male leads mm -hmm. and like breaking it off, which is like... An interesting premise that you kind of noted has happened a couple different times. It's just framed in a very different way here. Yeah. And it's also a friendship between two males, two males of very different ages, too. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, and uh, I guess the central kind of core of that is Brendan Gleeson is basically breaking up with Colin Farrell's character mm -hmm. under the guise that he wants to be making music. Yes. And he feels like he's wasting his time with Colin Farrell. Yes. Uh, yeah. And, well, the important thing to point out is Colin Farrell is, is noted as a very dull person on a very sparsely populated island um, in a Sharon. So um, it's really like a... I don't know if you felt like this, but there are definitely times when I have question my intelligence <laughs> when I've done something stupid and it's it really brings out the inner sort of insecurities I feel like as a person as any of us have in in many of social situations um, and I think the director does it in a really great way through through Colin Farrell as the vessel yeah yeah uh, you know as Padraig the character and like there are just sequences of, of like him like the moment where you're like no no he's not as dull and then like uh a an even kind of uh, stupider character supposedly as as uh dominic dominic has been portrayed as kind of says the word touche in a dinner conversation with siobhan and padraig that's right <laughs> and and padraig goes like what Touche goes Dominic again. It's like, uh, <laughs> what's going on? Like, he doesn't know the word touche. It just, just cracks me up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah I think there are a couple of moments like that, and it's just, they're really funny. Yeah, yeah. No, that's a very yeah. good point. Yeah, he yeah. does a good job of kind of showing, like, yeah. the insecurities around uh, Colin Farrell and sort of, like, yeah. his range of emotions that he goes through uh, while yeah. he's both trying to figure it out and also becoming, like, increasingly unsure of himself and insecure. Uh, yeah. Um, and to, I mean, I, the reason I went that direction is like one of the reasons that, that Colm breaks up with Padrake is for saying the reason that you're dull, mm -hmm. right? Like he tells him that he's just stupid, too stupid. And he's, Colm himself is smarter and has, is more intelligent even because he has more things to achieve and give to the world to help build the culture. Which brings me to my next question. Was Colm's music worthy? Was it worth giving up all that he gave up in order to uh, play his... What was he playing? A fiddle or... or? Yeah, but he's, he's not just playing a fiddle, right? Like, he's training and then he's writing music too. Yeah. And well, I don't know. Which we get to hear. Was it good enough? I don't know. I don't know. Do you ever know in the moment? Like... If you were somebody giving up a relationship like this, would you know? Yeah, but what how if sure you... would you be? I think you would have to have Jay Z level of like, <laughs> um, what is it, ego or whatever, like self -con confidence, like assertiveness, that you kind of choose your music over relationship. Yeah. So yeah, uh, I, 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 I referenced the wrong person. Sorry, not Jay Z. I meant Kanye West. 
Yeah. So is so there we go. The comparison we definitely needed. Brendan Gleeson's Kanye West. <laughs> Kanye West. So is is Brendan Gleeson the uh, 1916s and uh, Irish Yee? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> he is the Yee. Okay. Very interesting. Yeah. I mean, that's the other perspective. And you know, I listened to a quick interview with Martin McDonough before this, talking about the film, and like he talks about that about relating to kind of the Brendan Gleeson character mm-hmm. as like someone who. Uh, who is, uh, you know, trying to, like, figure out in, like, what, what is going to leave their mark on the world and thinking about legacy mm-hmm. and stuff like that. So he talks about that as far as, like, because Martin McDonough, which I'm sure you're aware, he, like, his start was as a playwright. And so he mm-hmm. has been doing plays and throughout. And so he talks about, like, how film, one of the big appeals of film or mm-hmm. something, is it's something that lasts. You do a play and then you, you, you do however many shows you're going to do and then you're done with it. But if you do a film, it's like we can go back and we can watch like a Jackie Chan film from the 1980s. We can watch like Snake in the English Channel from then. It's like we, something about that sort of like uh, codifies it in our mind. Whereas like, Mm -hmm. uh, whereas like if you did a play, you do it and then it's out in the world. And it's like, if you saw a play in New York and Mm -hmm. like five years ago, I can't talk to you about it unless I saw that same play and I remember it well. Whereas, like, you can watch a movie five years ago, and I can watch that same movie today, today. and then we can have a conversation about it. Hmm. So uh, he talks about that as far as, like, um, kind of relating to the Brendan Gleeson character, which I thought was really interesting. Because it's uh, yeah. something that I don't know that I've seen portrayed in film in quite this way. Um, That's very true. I think it sort of reminds me of, like, authors having talked about this. Like, how once authors achieve some... Um, level of pinnacle um like jk rowling has talked about it how she achieved such a pinnacle with with uh harry potter novels that um once she was done with those novels and she tried to write again people were like well why why do you even try because you're just not going to achieve that level of 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 fame or you know success with anything else and Maybe not the same way about thinking about it, but it's all about relative successes and mm-hmm. and and what's going to make your mark on the world, right? Right, like right. How how will you continue even after having achieved true, so true. much, right? Yeah. So it's almost like a different viewing it from a different angle. Yeah. Like J.K. Rowling is already from the top. It's from like, the top. It's like Harry Potter is like that's pretty impossible to, to uh, kind of beat or, or outdo even get again. the same competition. So yeah. she could do a mildly successful book, but no one's going to look at it as that it's just yeah. all going to be comparison to Mr. Yeah. Potter. Yes. Uh, huh. Yeah. Very interesting. Um, yeah. On a less serious note, should this, uh, Colin Farrell's, uh, 2022 pretty good year. He did this. He was the penguin. Uh, Oh yeah. Would this oh be a God. good, uh, double feature, a little, uh, Colin Farrell double bill. Oh my gosh. Very much. So Cro- crossover universe. He cross, was cross great as Penguin in the Batman. He was. I, was I didn't realize it was him. Yeah, a lot of people did not recognize that that was Colin Farrell either. Yeah. And I, neither did I. And, like, somebody... I think maybe you might have told me that... What do you think of Colin Farrell? I'm like, what? He was in this movie? Yeah. Well, for me, I was like, who the fuck is this guy? He looks familiar. Yeah. But I could never put my finger on it. And then I yeah. looked it up. I was like, that was Colin Farrell? He was so good. Yeah. 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 And he wasn't even... Again, also did not have a very long, lot of screen time in that movie, right? So yeah, yeah. yeah. And 
to talk a little bit about the performance, I, I think Colin Farrell is very good in this. He is kind of, as we talked about earlier, uh, sort of the audience's vessel, and yeah. he does very well at kind of showcasing insecurities. And it's like yes. hard to think of, like, Colin Farrell is like a movie star, and he's been a movie star for a long time. So, yeah. uh, like, him sort of like projecting insecurities and stuff like that is interesting to see because he's obviously yeah. a very handsome guy, very successful, very wealthy. Yeah. So, uh, but I think he does a really good job of kind of like being the character in these yeah. cases. Very few char- actors that are of this level of achievement would, I feel like, even be open to exploring something like this, right? And like, just the level of insecurity that he deals with, and and yeah, I imagine like I mean, like Tom Cruise would never do this. I oh, mean, absolutely not, right? Yeah. yeah. Would, like, do you think Brad Pitt would do this? Brad Pitt would be more likely, but he's almost like too charismatic uh, to be able yeah. to pull this off. It's like, he or George Clooney just would not be. Yeah, I buy George would Clooney. Would not buy yeah. them as as sort of dull, silly kind of middle aged men. Yeah, I mean, we saw Brad Pitt playing Dole and Bur- Burn After Reading. Yes, uh, I did not buy that. I had a tough time buying that. I mean, I thought it was just, a little tongue in cheek. Yeah. I I I, I kind of love it, but it took me a little bit to really enjoy it. So yeah, and and like he's always kind of. I don't know. I, I think Colin Farrell does a be, like a better job as like a straight actor in this, mm-hmm. in terms of just like more believability, I guess you would say. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So if you had to put any other actor in here instead of Colin Farrell, you wouldn't do that. Almost Ooh. too tough to find somebody to be able to. You'd almost have to go like a non-star. Like I, I would have a hard time thinking of any star that could possibly slot into this role. Yeah. Yeah. What about any of the other characters? Uh, Brendan Gleeson? I don't know. I mean, I do feel like the core of the film's strength is kind of the chemistry between those yes. two. So you get rid of Gleeson or you get rid of Farrell, and it's just a very different film. Yes. Uh, even if you keep one of them. So yeah. it's like, I, I personally, I, don't, I think it'd be pretty impossible to replace either of them. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, speaking of which, how did you like uh, kind of uh, Brendan Gleeson and Carrie Condon in this film? I love their acting, both of them. Um, there's not a lot of interaction the two of them have. If that's like, if you, if you were asking how how did I like their performances individually or like their interaction? Oh, more more individually. Yeah. Individually, yeah. right? Like, I I really like both of them. Carrie Condon, like you said, like who who is that person? Is is the whole thought that you keep the whole time you're watching? Who is she? And then eventually, yeah, you realize she's the daughter-in-law and and, and better call Saul. Um, She was amazing in this, actually, I thought. Um, She felt like, it felt like she she had the right amount of care, but also she also had that notion of, um, you know, kind of not necessarily wanting to achieve greatness, but do something more with her life than, than being just on a, on a nearly abandoned island. And so she leaves uh, for the, I don't know where she goes specifically, but she leaves for the the mainland, near city mainland, basically. yeah, mainland Ireland, which yeah. is still an Ir- Ireland, Ireland, yeah, yeah, and uh, yeah, I think she was really good, but I don't know if I have. She seemed like she brought. She was the only character that, or Carrie Condon's character was the only character, only person on the island. That maybe 
fought to protect Patrick, uh-huh. right? And and then she leaves, and you kind of feel that emptiness. Yeah, and and really seems to set off the 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 craziness, the madness that ensues afterwards between Padraig and Colm. Yeah, yeah. So, you know. Yeah. I think it, it worked well. Like, she she seemed to do a really good job. Yeah, she has good chemistry with Colin Farrell, too. Yeah. And I think she probably projects the most intelligence of all the characters in this film. Yeah. So, I mean, like, she yeah. just has a good head on her shoulders is mm-hmm. the feeling you get. And then when she goes, you're like, uh-oh, I don't know what's going to happen to uh, Padraig uh, after she's out of the picture. And, yeah, sure enough, that's exactly what happens. I think she's really good, too. Uh, Brendan Gleeson, we already touched on. I mean, he's just, like, an uh, actor that demands kind of your attention on screen, good presence and stuff. Like, even when you see him in kind of, like, small roles as, like, gangsters or whatever, he's always really good. So, uh, just one of those strong faces and names, uh, faces and, like, great delivery and stuff. So, I think he's pretty outstanding. I think all of those uh, nominations are pretty well-deserved uh, for the Oscars. Absolutely, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, one other character, and particularly because of the title, um, the Banshee, what's her name? Because we see her a few times. I don't know if you've ever, if you noticed that there was any particular significance of her showing up on the screen because she shows up very few times throughout right yeah and um like three times twice maybe four okay so first she shows up when she's visiting them at the home right and and padre just tells her like i think says to her face like while she's there why are you even here? My sister, like, or he tells his sister, like, you don't even want, like, hanging out with her. And you complain after she leaves or something like that. Um, and then you see her maybe once or tra- twice along the road. Yeah. And she's Trying very lurking her. and yeah. very creepy. And, yeah, and Padre <laughs> tries to avoid her. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and she, she says something to him. I think she says that there'd be one or two deaths. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it, it, it speaking of all these the setups of the scene, it does a great job of kind of establishing like the small town feel of this like small Irish community, mm-hmm. uh, just how people are running into each other there, and it's like mm-hmm. uh, I go over to someone's home at this time, and then we all go to the pub and stuff like that. I think that's all really well done and well established in this film. Mm-hmm. It's all in a sort of walking distance. Yep. Um, yeah. Um. I think they found a really good banshee too, and she, and we see her at the end when uh, once the yeah once Colm and Padraig are done talking, and and Padraig says this is not gonna end. Yeah. So do you like the banshee part of it? Because it's like one of those parts where it's like this movie totally could have been could have been made without the banshee in it. Uh, mm-hmm. But do you like do you, do you feel like it adds to the movie overall? It does, but like when I look at when I look at this movie, I think it 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 doesn't use it the most effectively. I think like a movie like I don't know if The Wailing is the right movie to compare to because there's would we wouldn't call her a banshee, right? Like the 
the girl who's trying to help out the family. It's a very different comparison, but like that movie sort of has a lurking character and I think it uses much, much, much better than maybe maybe this one does. Like I there were times when I didn't feel like I took the Banshee very seriously. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. but it helps me explain a little bit of why things might be going around the town, maybe. Uh, right, right. Yeah. I don't know if, if it needs explaining per se. Yeah, I, I would I would agree with you. I think it's a little bit of tonal whiplash and it's one of those things where it's like you know, the, knowing what happens and stuff like that, on a rewatch, I feel like I'd be able to get a better feel of how I mm -hmm. feel about the Banshee overall. It's hard mm -hmm. for me to say, uh, given that I've only seen it once. And it's, uh, I don't know, it's, it's, it's just uh, one of those interesting, unique elements to it, yeah. where it's like, my instinct probably would have been to just cut the Banshee out of the film totally. But it, I think she has a couple of humorous moments, though. For sure. Like, like, for sure. Maybe the significance of her being the Banshee, uh, you could think of it as more sort of more like, what do you, what do you call it? Like um, more psychological than supernatural. Uh, by the way, uh, Banshee's played by Sheila Flitton uh, and her name is Mrs. McCormick. Uh, there we go. Um, I think I think you you could sort of like I was saying you could sort of think of it as her wordings and like her her imposing nature being like having more a psychological effect on on the people around than right right than her words being supernaturally impacting Padraig and Colm right that makes sense yeah yeah I mean you could have uh, removed the banshee aspect and just made her a character potentially too yeah. I mean that's Certainly an option. I mean, because she is effective as a character, but otherwise she kind of just feels like sort of a side character uh, throughout the film. Let's see. Yeah. Um, what about um, kind of the backdrop of the Irish Civil War, which is perhaps a very obvious metaphor of like kind of two friends breaking up, like in the mm -hmm. little bit I listened to uh, and background I heard, and I'm by no means an Irish historian. Um, the uh, Ireland was at war with Britain right before that, and then uh, the Civil War happened like pretty much right then, and then the two sides that were just fighting together started to fight against each other. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, so it's sort of an interesting um, backdrop to have all this happening. Uh, I mean, some could say it's a little bit on the nose. How do you find uh, kind of that uh, kind of a canvas? Interesting. I I did not take that in at least when watching the movie. I, I lo looked it up briefly when I once I came back, but um, Ireland has such a such a rich. I don't know if it's it's not necessarily a lot of it. It's not positive, but such a rich history that I don't fully understand the significance of Irish Civil War going in the back going on in the backdrop. Right. But when you explain it that way. It, I think it kind of makes sense, but yeah, like folks, two friends breaking up. Two basically. friends breaking up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think folks who probably are native Irish maybe feel a better, more significance than than perhaps you and I. Um, India went through something similar, right? Like once India got its independence from the England then it kind of split up into two separate countries. 
So uh, there's the India that we know as now and Pakistan, and it was all one, including Sri Lanka and a couple of other territories around the world, uh, around there. Uh, and then it got split up actually, and Sri Lanka was Sri Lanka, and the Pakistan as we know now became Pakistan, and then Sri Lanka then found got its independence from Pakistan also. So I have felt that I don't I don't know if I like if the juxtaposition of two friends breaking up here and and having the Irish Civil War in the background has a lot of significance for me personally, but I guess it makes sense. Yeah, yeah. I, I can only think about it kind of in a more, like, uh, metaphorical way. Yeah. So, yeah, it's hard for me to say much beyond that, too. Um, yeah. But, yeah, that was one of those things where I was like, what's going on in the background? It's like, and, uh, yeah, I mean, I'm like you. I looked it up after the film, and I thought it was kind of interesting. Yeah. Talking about two friends breaking up, um, I think... Despite the fact that there is a lot of conversation about the intelligence of Padraig, he makes a really, really emotionally intelligent speech. Um, around the second time, he talks to second or third time he talks to Colm at the pub, and he directly confronts him and tells him like how much his friendship means to him, and and it he just thinks that it's extremely hurtful the way he's going about breaking up his friendship friendship to achieve whatever greatness he's there to and I just it felt like it was very moving and very realistic and I think very articulate in the way he he shares it too yeah yeah you give some good speeches yeah. in that is that the one where he's drunk or the one before that I think he it's where he's drunk uh, okay. and and Colm is sitting with um, with the cop at the night that's right. Okay. Drinking also, and, and he just storms in, and then Siobhan takes him home. Yeah. So Siobhan takes uh, Padraig home. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's just very heartfelt. Um, uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, this film is also has kind of like a funny tone thing going on, just because it's also very funny. Mm -hmm. um, one part I thought was particularly funny is like the part of being run over by a bread van and then the guy <laughs> that he tells that to is like oh no not my, again my mom my, yeah, my, my mother also died that way <laughs> yeah so apparently do people die by bread van a lot in Ireland <laughs> is, the, that, uh, is that third thing? leading cause of death right beneath <laughs> heart disease so you know <laughs> heart disease and gunshot wounds <laughs> yeah yeah they keep giving old uh, Mr. McCormick, a, a driving license, even though he keeps, uh, you know, <laughs> driving around with his Irish whiskey, and uh, his potatoes, potatoes and bread. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh. yeah. Um, so yeah, it does have some very very funny uh, reoccurring bits that happen again and again in the film. <laughs> so I, it was fun to see in theaters, um, just because you kind of have that group contagious laughter going on too. Yeah. I think that part plays off really well too when when the man tells tells Padraig back like not again yeah. my mom died of breadwin accident <laughs> and Padraig just you can look at Padraig's face and like he's just feeling really bad as he's taking uh taking the man along to to the boat I think right yeah, yeah. <laughs> just he's like let me give you a ride or something <laughs> yeah um 
All right. Well, I, I think yeah. that's most of my notes. Are there, is there anything I think, else? I think you asked me the question, right? Maybe I would want to visit this part of the island if all you have to do all day is just go to a pub, hang out, and get pints. <laughs> I mean, I will say that it looks beautiful, uh, like it some is. of the shots they have of that. It's uh, quite beautiful. In, in the podcast I listened to with Martin McDonough, he cited um, a couple of Terrence Malick films. I don't know if you've seen them, uh, Days of Heaven and Badlands, which are just really picturesque uh, American mm-hmm. uh, films that kind of show the kind of rural parts of, of America and are just uh, immaculately shot. So uh, interesting. it's interesting to see uh, those as sort of... I don't think I have seen many Terrence Malick films or any, actually. So, okay. But I, I, I am aware of his... Like I am aware of the cinematography that he he, he has, uh, but yeah, yeah, it definitely feels like that a little bit. Yeah. Um, the reason I think I wouldn't want to go there is just it seems very windy. Yeah, I don't know if the weather is that great there, but yeah. you know, it, it yeah. does look very beautiful. Grab yeah. summer time definitely is, is the time to go there. Yes. Uh, yeah, and drink pints. Yeah, drink a couple of pints. Yes. Yes. All right. Anything uh, else we want to cover? Yeah. Uh, Did you... I mean, like, we see everything to Padraig, but do you have any um, any other favorite actors or any favorite actors? Who would be your favorite actor from this film? I would say, Colin, character? I would say Colin, Farrell. Colin Farrell. I think he is kind of the emotional soul of the film. Mm-hmm. And uh, he does a good job just projecting insecurity and stuff like that. And I think that has to be super hard for like a movie star. And like, mm-hmm. unlike uh, ba- the Batman, he, he looks like Colin Farrell. There. It's like, yeah. we, we recognize this as Colin Farrell. And so I think he's just, uh, you know, he's just become a very good actor. And I yes. think he just does a great job here. His chemistry with Cleason is obviously very good, so much so that they yes. wanted to recreate uh, sort of that yes. chemistry like 14 years later. So uh, for me, at least, I, I think Colin Farrell, if you were to win Best Actor, I would say a, a job well done. Yeah. Wow, it's been 14 years, huh? Since uh, since in Bruges. Yeah. It's pretty amazing. Yeah, what about for you? Um, I would pretty much echo all the things you said um i just i actually am if i'm being honest i'm really 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 surprised that colin farrell was able to portray this character maybe i think like in bruges his character is fairly close to what his character is here and 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 just a little bit more kind of uh somehow they've shown him a little bit more dumb right padre just uh, but I'm still surprised that, that he was able to pull this off with, uh, still have showing a lot of soul and a lot of, um, yeah. 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 Definitely. I, I certainly was able to see a lot of myself, uh, um, as, as he was going through these situations, I guess. Okay. I see myself as the finger chopper. Of course. Yeah. Uh, In fact, if you don't shut yes. up right now. This is coming off right now. <laughs> yeah. Just for, for the listeners, uh, James has been uh, showing off his pinky. So, you know, yeah. we'll help him by uh, putting this pair of scissors that I have yeah. in front of me. There we go. Yeah, might even uh, join the Yakuza. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> you know, yeah. knock off uh, two birds with one stone. Yeah, lifelong dream to join the yakuza and and yeah. you know, like make me feel guilty by chopping off a finger. <laughs> yeah, I I want to go to Inisher and you know just have drink pints, have have a have a male be men best friend, and uh, and a donkey best friend Jenny. Yeah, and and that's life. There you, you know? go. Yeah. What else is there? Yeah. Um, so it sounds like you much uh, you much more relate with Colin Farrell in this film than uh, Brendan Gleeson. Yes, absolutely. Winners and losers. Uh oh, sorry, you're the host. No, 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 no. Please do. I, wh wh how do we define a winner again? Is it like? There's no definition. We we make them up as we go. Well, I mean, obviously yeah. Martin McDonough. I mean, it's nice to see something. Yeah. So different from Three Billboards, uh, and even really mm -hmm. different from In Bruges, even though it has the core cast, mm -hmm. uh, and just come back and, and make a really solid film. So mm -hmm. I, I don't know if it's my personal favorite of his. I, I really have to go back and forth between Bruges, uh, Billboards, and this, but mm -hmm. I, I think it is a very well done film, and one that I'll probably definitely rewatch at some point. Absolutely. I, w I will. Despite it being lowest on my rewatchable list, I will come back and rewatch it at some point. Actually, the thing is, I haven't even watched Three Billboards, so I would probably... But yeah, Martin McDonough so far has built a fairly impressive resume yeah. of, of movies that, that I would go back and watch. Yeah. And, and despite saying that Banshees of Inna Sharon is low, lowest on my list of Martin McDonough movies that I would rewatch... It's still a fairly high, it's fairly high up there overall. Yeah. Right. And I so mean, all three of them are actually, in fact. Right. And, and I would say also that it's like, this is one of those films that feels like there's quite a lot more to dig into in terms yeah. of like, if you want to think about a movie and try to figure out its themes and stuff, yes. it just feels like there's more stuff. It's like, like for me, I want to rewatch this film so I could dig, like pay attention more to the Banshee and see the different mm -hmm. things that he was doing with it. And I think you bring up some good points. I like, I didn't think of the Siobhan angle of how like she's trying to choose her own path too and shoot her mm -hmm. shot uh, and like go to the mainland uh, for Ireland and accept that job. So I think that's interesting too. So, mm -hmm. uh, yeah. I would say another winner would be Colin Farrell. You mentioned having a double feature in 2022, the Batman and, and Banshees of Finney Sharon, uh, both extremely successful. Uh, granted he wasn't very, he wasn't the lead in the Batman, but he did like as a, showcasing his acting skills. I think he, he excelled and doing so in, in both these, these yeah. films. I mean, if we're being real, too, the Batman is three hours long, so it's like he was probably in that wow. film more than Barry Keegan was in, the, in, in this, this film. film. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think, he, I think he's absolutely done really well. Yeah. Any winners or losers? Other winners or losers from you? I don't think I have any losers. I mean, the rest of the cast is all pretty solid, too. Uh, I like, have a loser. Oh, yeah? Jenny. Oh, that's true. Um, Choking on fingers and dying, just not, definitely not the way I would like to go. Yeah. Did you find yeah. that funny at all, or was it just... Uh, I, I found it funny, but then I was heartbroken for... That's the... I think that is absolutely the the strength of Martin McDonough, in that in each of these three films that we're talking about of his, he 
very like very successfully and very smartly interlaces the the sort of kind of the polar opposites of emotions right like right. the sadness and the humor in in these situations and i think i think you and i might be the only ones laughing at times when other people were quiet in the theater i think but Martin I, I thought, and tends yeah. it to be funny too yeah. i mean he yeah. you're right he absolutely does have like tragic comedies or whatever yeah. you want to call them yeah. it's like they work in both then i think it's by design yeah he's yeah. he's really i i don't know if any other um any other director writer does it so well i don't think so opinion. not right now like not not the way he does it yeah like, i really love it i think this movie what he also does is kind of um like we talk uh, talked about right like the like blurring the lines between smart and stupid and 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 kind of making us think about that and like bringing out insecurities right uh, of of people yeah and and like so many things in life it's like is he dull it's like i don't even know if i could answer that question so it's like <laughs> yeah it's like i don't think so but it's like yeah he does occasionally do stupid shit have you have you ever asked yourself like have you ever felt like huh am i dumb only when i spend time with you just kidding <laughs> <laughs> uh Ouch. i mean you know uh not lately but maybe, maybe when it's growing up i'm not sure i feel like i've done fairly silly things um in social situations and i've kind of i could probably recall recount at least a couple few things that i'm like huh maybe am i dumb i, I that you know that yeah, yeah, yeah. that i might answer positively <laughs> yeah it's like that was pretty stupid yeah yeah, yeah. i mean sure. i think everyone can to some extent uh, yeah. kind of look back at that too. yeah it's a it's a really interesting thing to bring out and show in a movie i think martin mcdonough does it really smartly yeah another reason why he's a winner i guess yep um all right well any last words on uh banshees of inisherin I know we said that it's not a re it might not be in top of the rewatchable but if you haven't gone and seen it I I would absolutely recommend it. It is it is a fun movie to watch at least in the first watch. And it is it brings up a lot of interesting um I don't know, emotions. Yeah, yeah, it's funny, it's tragic. Uh mm -hmm. it's it's got all kinds of stuff going on. It's definitely a unique one-of-one -one movie. I yes. can't think of any other film quite like it, including other films that uh, McDonough has done. does have some common similarities to those, but no, uh, nothing else. All right. Well, uh, thank you, everyone, for tuning in to the Category 3 podcast. Uh, we will hopefully see you guys really soon. Cheers. Cheers.